tuned into the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 288 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? You know, we couldn't help but come back as boxing offers up its fans a two-for-one discount special, Ken. <laughs> a two-for-one. <laughs> this Look, two-for-one, um, you know, two guys that uh, have been promoted indifferently, um look, two good fights. I, I I don't know what the I don't know what to make of it. It's like it's still an expensive price for a pay-per-view. Should it be pay-per-view? Probably not. But to get these two guys to take um big fights like this, yeah. you know, it's gonna require a pay-per-view. So whatever it takes, just give me the fucking good fights, I'll be there. Look, I, got- I, I already I already renewed my DAZN description. I'm clearly an idiot. <laughs> Did you pay for a year? Yes. <laughs> what a dumbass. <laughs> Yes, that is... Holy shit. I am president of that club. So, look, yeah, if you're doing that, paying 75 bucks this weekend for a pretty stacked card, double header, Ken. Yeah, well, you'll be paying $75 and I'll be Venmoing you. Oh, you coming down? (laughs) (laughs) How how idiotic would it be for the Boxing Rant podcast to pay $150 when when we're getting a discount? Can't you just write that shit off, man? I don't know what write-offs are, but just write that shit off. <laughs> are we really a business, Vin? I don't. Th- we're hemorrhaging money. I fucking know that. I thought we were just friends. <laughs> this is a fucking Titanic financially. This, this is not. No, this is not a business. If this was a business, the show would be over. Um, okay, but we do have uh, you know a pretty decent show here. We're gonna. We're gonna keep out all the fluff. Um, you know, the uh, the few weeks that we've been gone, um, the ninety other boxing podcasts out there in the universe have talked about the same thing. Yeah, we don't need to rehash. No, no, no. You know, we're you know, look, we're getting to the point in this boxing podcast game where you know we're the A side and we only got to fight twice a year. You know, so when we do show up, y'all y'all gonna show up too. <laughs> The fucking A side podcast. That's, that, yeah, it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode two hundred eighty-eight of the Boxing Rant podcast. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get an audio podcast. Drop by our website, theboxingrant.com. Links to all the ways to listen to the Boxing Rant podcast are available at theboxingrant.com. Uh, check out the video full length podcast of episode 288 on the boxing rant youtube channel subscribe to that today as well and follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 and at kenny keith jr all right vin let's get right down to it the post fight from last night um on showtime championship boxing let's lead it off with one of boxing's uh, best young fighters in the world um, and potentially the future of the welterweight division, Jerron Boots Ennis squared off against Juan Carlos Abreu in a step-up fight um, for this young welterweight from Philadelphia. Yeah, he got himself, dude, a sturdy opponent and and still does did what he does best, which is shine. I mean, he's a fucking electric performer. Like, he is, he, in the sport of boxing right now, as far as these young fighters go and these up-and-comers go, 
he's the most like show stopping like performance fighter of of all of them in my opinion as far as the the quickness the kind of Roy Jones esque aspect to the way he fights not particularly exactly the same but the quickness the flashiness the type of punches that he unloads that other fighters cannot I told myself Ken I've done falling in love with fighters mm-hmm. I'm this fucking close to falling in love with this guy Sergio was going to be the last one but I might just fucking have to tie the knot one more time, buddy. Knocking them boots. <laughs> <laughs> Knocking them boots. Um, look, man, uh, Jerron Ennis, his his combination punching um, is precise. I, I just love the way that he's always looking for that opening. Yep. Like, he's just not throwing a, a combination just because he practiced the you know punches in that order. Um, I like his accuracy. It's hard for me to gauge against the guy that's not as skilled. I mean, I know that, you know, Abreu's tough. Yeah. But just not on the same skill level um to really get a good gauge on um on Ennis's defense. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there there's some questions there. And I I'm, I I don't know what they are. <clears throat> um it's going to take somebody that can, you know, put together punches on the guy to really to really test the waters with them. Look, I'll be honest with you, man. I I, I put Virgil Ortiz just just in front of of Duran Ennis. I do not. Um, well, the, good. Look, guys. <laughs> we disagree. Right. The next, uh, who is it, Skip Bayless and Shannon? You're Shannon. I'm Skip. <laughs> okay. Actually, no, I'm Shannon. You're Skip. Yeah, well, I don't have a job. Bad times to be Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I, for me, I just think that uh, they both had a similar um, step-up fight right. in their last fight. I think they're both at the same point in their development in their careers. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Ennis has a few more fights. But to me, honestly, Vince, and maybe it's just the opponent, and maybe Ennis is that change of pace back, or he's that pitcher that can throw six different pitches at different speeds. And maybe when he just like puts his foot all the way down to the floorboards, Ennis takes it to another level. But I'll be completely honest with you, man. I think Virgil Ortiz is the quicker puncher. I think he's got faster hands. He, uh, he might have a quicker one punch and a better counter punch, but uh, and I think he's got a better jab. Uh, and he may have heavier hands. I, like all those things are still up in the air as far as like comparing these guys, and that's that's going to be a fun thing to track in both their careers. Like I doubt they meet at one forty-seven. That would be amazing if they did that. I, I I just I don't think any one of these guys, these old guys that are fucking. Had the division, you know, on lockdown for a little while. They don't want to give it up. They're not going to. Nobody's going to fight Jerron Ennis. Nobody wants to fight him. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody wants to fight Virgil Ortiz. I think these guys probably end up fighting each other when they're at one fifty four or maybe even one sixty because I think that's where both of them eventually end up. But I'll do that. I'll say this: that counter uppercut where he dropped uh, what's his name the first uh, the first time. That was a beautiful. Beautiful fucking counter uppercut. It was kind of reminiscent of the one Charlo landed on Julian Williams, but you know you had a fighter leaning in with a right hand from too far out, and he shortened up and landed just perfectly timed, beautiful uppercut. There's just there's there's questions when it comes to the kid's defense, and and I get it. He leaves himself open a little bit, and if he gets caught by a big puncher, you know we'll see what his chin's made of. But honestly, it, it comes down to me when you, when you see these fighters doing what Ennis did last night, which is styling a little bit. They do it because they know the opponent they're in with is is not on their level, so they can put on a little bit of, of a show, and that's kind of one of the things I appreciate about him. Like he he could have 
jabbed his way to an easy win, but he stepped on the gas and he got him out of there. That that's impressive, especially against a guy who's thirty as a Brayu. So that that that's a that's a statement making performance. Yeah, I think that he was starting to play with his food a little bit, and his corner kind of dug into him and yeah. said, "Come on, come on, dude, let's not carry this guy to the end." Because this would be the type of opponent that if you do take your foot off the gas, you will end up carrying to the end because they're, they're tough enough. And maybe get yourself in trouble late. Exactly, exactly. And you don't want to risk that um, um, in a longer fight. Um, yeah, so look, I, I think Jerron Ennis, I, look, I think Jerron Ennis, Shakur Stevenson, Virgil Ortiz, um, and then I got Devin Haney like right there, Tiafimo Lopez. Mm-hmm. Ryan Garcia. As far as the young fighters coming up in the game today, man, there's some, there's a lot of talent, a yeah. lot of talent. Yeah, it's good to know that the future there, there will be a future for uh, good fighters in the sport, man. Yeah, and just prepare over the next two years for an influx of uh, of Western Asian fighters. Yeah, and hopefully these guys uh, learn from this most recent generation, and they don't wait till they're 28 and 30 before they start fighting each other. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, look, because look. You know, if in, unless a belt becomes available, right, and then they can like you know get into a mandated position to be able to fight for one of those belts. In the meantime, it may take trying to get a fight against, I don't know, like a a name at you know at the welterweight division. I, if you can get in with a name and maybe on the right fight card, and like, dude, you gotta plant that seed in people's heads. I'm I, look, I'm I'm glad that you know Ennis is on. This card, but to me, Jerron Ennis is the story of this card. His yeah. future is much brighter than Erickson Lubin or Terrell Geishas. Or, or Tug Scott Nyambar. So, I, yeah, I don't understand. Like, look, that goes to show you, like, he's got some legal issues with his management company. When you sign with the wrong people as a young fighter, it can fuck your career up. Like, this guy should already be headlining and should have been a year ago headlining pay-per-view card, uh, not pay-per-view, Showtime cards. Oh, for or, sure. Or any card featuring prospects. There's no reason for him to be opening this show. No, no. No, because look, when you have a fighter like a, um, you know, that's at this like blue chip, blue chip, like the elite of the elite level of, of prospect, like the Duran Ennis and the Virgil Ortiz, really, the and especially if you're going to be like feared, mm-hmm. They need to put these guys on a similar plan. I know they don't have necessarily the platform to do that. Um, that Gennady Golovkin was put on with HBO. Right. Like these guys got to be featured. They got to be put on a, a, a path of devastation. You get the best available fighter that you can. Right. Stop fighting the Abreu level. That's fine. Gatekeeper level of fighter. Right. And try to get somebody in the top ten. Doesn't matter who it is. Then you can make your point of being avoided along the way. But right now they haven't stepped up in their progression their fighting their their fight ability their talent their pedigree everything says that they're ready to take on the best of the best but the progression of their opponents ah i mean for virgil ortiz maybe he's right on schedule yeah you know Mm -hmm. but these guys need to be fighting better opponents at this point yeah yeah and and i'm I'm guessing we are going to start seeing that but like i said man these two guys are so good that anybody is holding a position inside the top five is not willing to give it up to one of these guys. No, no. Um, okay, and then, so, Vin, in the main event, uh, look, I, I'm assuming we have a chance of seeing Jerron Ennis again by the end of the year. That would be fantastic. That would be, yes. Um, okay, Erickson Lubin versus Terrell Gauche. 
Is that how we're saying it? I don't know. Is, I have, he, is he French? I need to hear Max Kellerman pronunciation. <laughs> Remember? No, I need R- a, I need to hear Timmy. Oh, give me that pronunciation. <laughs> the Japans. <laughs> um, <laughs> this fight was absolutely hideous. It was. What a like. Styles make fights? Yeah. Styles made this a fucking turd. Yeah. I mean, what a just an absolute stinker. Yeah, yeah. Uh there's no there's nothing good to say. Like, what do you want to talk about about this fight, Ken? I mean, I think Erickson Lubin as a fighter um in his division is sort of at the Danny Garcia level of so, the welterweight division. He's just kind of a guy that's got he's like good enough to compete with the best fighters, but He's not one of the best fighters. Uh, and now he's a WBC mandatory again. Like, do you want to see him fight Jermel Charlo again? No. Or Jason Rosario? He's not ready. Like, this kid needs some more seasoning. He would get stopped again by Charlo. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that exposed how young and raw he was. Yeah. And he still is, man. He yeah. just is. Um. All right. Let's get away from uh, the post-fight. Uh, there were other fights. Uh, Effia Jagba made his top-ranked debut. Uh, put that man on ice. <laughs> but I'll just say that. that career, like Anybody who's trying to find a reason to tell me why this guy's going to compete at the heavyweight division, just uh, uh, you're talking to a wall, man. That guy is the most rigid, stiff, disgusting fighter to watch. I'm sorry. He stinks. On ice. There you go. Just leave it at that. Leave it at that. <laughs> Vin, Vin has the final word there. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to the fight preview uh, Vin, before we get to the big card featuring the Charlo brothers, it's the return of, I think we had him on our pound-for-pound pound list, ranked number 10. We did. Um, Josh Taylor, the IBF and WBA junior welterweight champion, is uh, fighting his mandatory challenger, and I'll let you pronounce his name. I believe it is Appenin Gongsong. Oh, okay. There we go. Appenin, Appenin <laughs> Gongsong. Um, and, uh, you know, look, man. Josh Taylor is at a different level than this guy. Have you been paying attention to what, like, this? Josh Taylor's been fucking training his ass off Yeah, this. dude, he's been in camp since, like, like June. He looks fucking outstanding, yeah. Ken. He looks outstanding. I, I, I like, I, what I'm most happy to see is that he's not taking this fight lightly. He shouldn't. It's his mandatory challenger. Yeah, and, and, and any tie fighter, they're going to be fucking tough, man. They're tough guys. This guy... He's he's slow. He's a bit plodding. He has a heavy right hand, but it's slow. But he's just, it, it's a good enough test and a sturdy enough test. I think it's a decent enough tune-up for a Jose Ramirez fight. Uh-huh. Not nearly on the same level, but size and strength-wise of what he'll be dealing with with Jose Ramirez. So that's the best I can say. Look, I expect Josh Taylor to style on this dude. I don't know if he gets him out of there because he's tough as hell, but he'll look good this entire fight. Yeah, um, I'm just glad that uh, more of boxing's uh, top names are are getting back in the ring because Josh Taylor is a treat to watch, man. I haven't I haven't really seen any commentary about a Josh Taylor fight that people didn't like. Yeah, his performances are just he does everything so well and just impresses more and more every fight. Yeah, um, so Josh Taylor returns. You think he stops this guy? I don't know. If he does, it'll be late because this dude's tough, man. Okay. Um. All right, more fight preview. Let's get to the Showtime pay-per-view from the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. It's Jermall Charlo versus Sergei Derevianchenko and Jermell Charlo versus Jason Rosario. Some other 
title fights, uh, vacant fights. I do love how they say on this six title fights. Right. Uh, Just like Robert Guerrero's a six-time world champion. Two of them junks ruggler <laughs> as hell. And one of them is is the NCAACP <laughs> belt, you know, and the NABIF and the USIF. And they vacant as hell, too. <laughs> oh, I think there's even an IBO on the line. Um, yeah, look, man, this is – there's look, Daniel Roman is exciting to watch. There's some yes. other names on this card that will draw a lot of int- – Louis Neary's in action. Yes. Um, there'll be some exciting, talented fighters. Mario there, Barrios. There's some fucking gross mismatches on this undercard, too. These these so-called title fights. Yeah. When you, when you dig a little deeper on these things, <laughs> oh, you, man. You, you figure that a couple of them are some plants. Uh, yeah. Vasquez? Yeah. Yeah, your his his career opponent's record are like twenty fights below five hundred. His so. last opponent had sixty fights in his career, so he's probably washed up. But this wasn't like a Manny Pacquiao or Vladimir Klitschko sixty fights. No, this is with twenty four, forty three, and four fighter. <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. <laughs> but he's ready for a title shot. Uh, he, anybody, anybody ready for that rugula belt, Ken? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, that's very true. I, I'll, I still never understand the concept of paying somebody for to be called regular you know <laughs> they're just these guys when you look at it like two of them are just so clearly plants for, it's like these aren't really like i get it six title fights oh my god like it's never last time it's been done is oh when you look at it it's like there's this is typical boxing people just fucking stop i mean you got the two charlo brothers in two really good fights i don't like you I, don't you don't need to oversell me anything my, my like it could have been nothing after the charlo like if it was just the two charlo fights yeah i'd probably pay more for it yeah they just are just you know i guess that's that advertisement is targeted towards the fucking dipshit it's like you hear that shit got six title fights on it <laughs> Holy shit, now I'm going to get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Some grandpa out there is behind a pay-per-view, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get right down to it, Vin. Um, Jermall Charlo defends his WBC middleweight title against Sergei Derevyanchenko. Um, look, I, I understand that Jermall Charlo has been perceived to be the better of the two charlos yeah but i would argue that jermel charlo has a better resume Uh, Um, i would argue that over the last year and a half that he's kind of taken he's taken a little bit of a step ahead as far as performances and getting his belt back and just being in better fights well i think you know the fight that jermel charlo had against matt koroboff i think left a taste in people's mouths like hold on a second yeah, Korobov's a slick, fucking tough southpaw, dude, for I, anybody. I, I get it, but I've also seen Korobov get fucking iced. I've seen Korobov. <laughs> well, well, and didn't Andy Lee ice him? Yeah, dude, he had him fucking walking drunk in the ring. That's, you know? I forgot all fucking I've Andy seen, Lee I, and that I, right hook, boy. Look, I've seen Korobov in absolute, absolute utter stinkers yeah. before. Um, I know he's, I know he's tough, but... It's not just that it was a a, a fight that, that Korobov made tricky for Charlo. It's a fight that I thought Korobov won. Yeah. You know, a lot of people did. A lot, yes. Um, so, look, this is a big proving ground statement opportunity. Not just for both Charlos, but I think for Jermall Charlo in particular. Because he's the one that needs a statement fight. He's the one that needs to establish himself at 160 pounds. Yeah. And this is a perfect opponent 
Um, in a, and, and, and if anybody that's been watching, genuinely watching the career of both the Revianchenko and Jermall Charlo, I think you, look, you, you can't have seen their careers unfold and not come to the conclusion um, that dude, anything goes in this fight. Anybody can win in this fight. Yes, Charlo should win this fight. Should he? That's the toughest. I think it's the toughest opponent he's been in with. I mean, I mean, who is it on his resume right now? Julian Williams that he stopped and made pretty easy work of. I'm going to go with Matt Korboff. You're going to go with Korboff. <laughs> no, I'm just I mean, I'm either just way, yeah. Yeah, they're equal. Like you could say either one of them. Whatever. But, but Derevianchenko is, is a better fighter than both Korboff and Julian Williams, in my opinion. Sure. And this is his first, like you said, proving ground test at 160 to kind of stamp his. His arrival as, look, I'm legit. I am to be dealt with here. And he's kind of the odd man out as far as being in the PBC and having really no other middleweight to fight worth a shit other than Derevianchenko. Uh-huh. But, I, I, look, I expect in a fight like like this for Charlo, I think by the end of the fight you will see his pedigree start to really, really shine. And I think you'll you'll start to see him land some big right hands because Derevianchenko is going to come at him. And he's going to continue to come at him. And Charlo can counter. That's, I mean, he is a very good counter puncher, has a good chin. Derevianchenko doesn't punch that hard. I think it will be a really fucking entertaining fight for the first six or eight rounds. And then I think Charlo starts to take over. Do you think that there is a risk here, though, of Jermall Charlo not being able to keep up with the volume of Derevianchenko? It's that, it's that. Like the typical fucking, you know, do you give the do you give the volume puncher who's not landing as clean? Do you score the round for him, or do you score the round for the guy that landed the five big shots? Yeah, you know, it's that typical dichotomy of a type of fight. Scores will be tight if it goes the distance. It'll probably be controversial if it goes the distance. I don't think it does, though, man. I honestly think Jamal Charlo is going to make a fucking statement on Saturday night. Really? Yes. Do you, Do you think that statement comes? because Charlo's that much better and that's what is destined to be? Or is there a little bit of um, you know wear and tear on Derevianchenko from his amateur uh, career to, you know, he's had a run here of some pretty tough fights. Oh, and, yeah. And that, that Golovkin fight from last year, which was my 2019 fight of the year, was what? Well, it was a fucking a life-sucking fight. I mean, oh, it yeah. was a brutally physical fight and i think he's 35 now so he's at that point yeah and i think he has been to a to a certain extent like it's fair to say he's been softened up a little bit okay it's, it's okay to say that i, I agree and, I, and, and nobody's gonna like i'm not making an people ex- are gonna have a problem with that yeah and I, i'll never understand that like you nobody's taking anything away from charlo it's okay to admit what has happened in, in derevianchenko's career and his age and what he's been through. It's all context. Yeah, it, it, it's worth bringing up, right? It's a part of the fucking conversation. If you get upset about it, sorry. I only want to hear the parts that I like. <laughs> it is what it is. And yes, I do think that's part of the reason why he stops him late. That's part of the reason why I come to that conclusion. But either way, if, if he wins this fight, making a statement really says something here, right? Oh, but yeah. If, 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 but for me... As a as somebody that's watched this guy's entire career, I think a win. Just if Jer- oh, yeah. Jermall Charlo wins this fight, he has made a statement to the other middleweights. Let me ask you this: If he wins this fight and it's a split decision, close, controversial, he I don't think he needs that. Like he's had that already, 
and he's got enough people questioning him as it is. So you think he needs to make a statement? I think he needs to make a – I think they both need to make a statement. I think the, we're talking about two guys that are on the precipice of being really big stars. Now, they're not going to get the exposure in this pay-per-view that they should get because they're I – don't, I, I don't care how many buy it, but I'm guessing there won't be a, much more than 200,000-ish. This card should be on Fox. Yeah, it should be. It should be, and that's what makes me upset about it being on pay-per-view because these guys haven't really built that profile yet, and they could build it huge if they did – if they put these performances on for 3 million people to see, not 200,000. Yeah, because the fighters aren't being developed – with the goal of pay-per-view anymore. I mean, there might be one, two, or three fighters out there where that's like, okay, here's our plan to get to pay-per-view. Pay-per-views just become uh, a tool to, you know, keep up the, you know, expected financial gains that these guys have accrued over the, uh, mostly during the era of the PBC. I mean, everybody knows, like, that, that, fighters that in other just in in reality let's be honest wouldn't be making the paydays that they've made and there's certain guys that have become accustomed to certain lifestyles and they will only take big fights if they're compensated on a a very very healthy level right you know what i mean yep. so it's it's restrictive to making big fights so i don't think that this card even happens. I I don't think you ever see Jermall Charlo in the ring with the uh, Derevianchenko unless there is a full crowd. Yeah, and business is normal. Yeah, and that's why we're paying for it. And I get that, and I'm cool with it. Yeah, yeah. So am I. So am I. Um. Okay. So give me your prediction for Jermall Charlo versus Sergey Derevianchenko. I think in the eleventh round, this fight gets stopped. 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 I think Charlo wins a controversial decision. Yeah. Yep. That, I could definitely fucking see that. I just, for some reason, I got that feeling that he's going to do something special. You've lost that loving feeling? <laughs> I've lost <laughs> that love and feeling. Dude, when I was on uh, uh, vacation last week, I watched a bunch of, of oldies but goodies. I watched Top Gun. That scene is fucking outstanding. It is. I've, I watched Point Break. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Dude. Utah! I, <laughs> give me two! <laughs> Oh man! Um, all right, let's get to uh, the other Charlo brother in the WBC, WBA, and IBF junior middleweight unification. It's Jermel Charlo versus Jason Rosario. Um, what do you say about this one? I I wanted to bring this up, and I've been thinking about it ever since this fight was announced. And I want to I want to get what what your take is on this. Does Jason Rosario have an air of Julius and Dango to you in what way like kind of a very flawed fighter that won his belts it came out of nowhere won some belts and is now in a massive unification fight and really like before he beat Julian Williams was anybody talking about Jason Rosario no even coming into that fight like I get it Williams was coming off the big performance against Hurd, so it was easy to fucking dismiss rosario as an opponent and i do remember saying before that fight like fucking be careful because williams always any fight that julian williams is in he's got the, the chin is a is a massive question mark so. i think you look i think people that know um you know jason rosario like i remember uh uh michael montero from uh, montero unboxing and ring magazine I, I i remember him specifically um, it, even if he did not pick Rosario to win that fight, I mean, he was really, really high on him. Yeah. Um, look, 
this fight, he's in this position right now. I mean, maybe, you know, Jermel is is looking at this like, well, look, I, I can get these belts. I know I can beat this guy right. or whatever. But the performance that I saw from Jason Rosario against Julian Williams, I think that that completely like warp speeds him past the perception of just being another guy. I mean, look, Julian Williams is is susceptible, um, you know, he's, you know, if not Chinny, right? But the I don't think anybody I, I I've never heard a human being that has seen a Julian Williams fight that didn't come away from it whether he won or lost it with not saying that holy shit this dude is a fucking master boxer oh yeah 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 y- y- you know he's so, not uh, Edward Troyanovsky who Julius and Dongo beat that's not what I'm saying what like I don't want to compare the the fighters that they fought to get okay to where, gotcha but just like them both being guys that nobody that came out of nowhere that nobody expected that got big unification fights. That really, like Julius and Dongo, everybody got hyped for that fight. Yeah, because he won those two. And I'm, I remember when they announced, and I'm like, this is a fucking maybe the easiest fight of Crawford's career. Okay, so I do not think that is this for Jamel Charlo, but okay. So then, the way I answer that question is, yes, circumstantially, but I think that it's it's clear. Having seen both guys fight, I just think Jason Rosario is better than Ndongo. Yeah, he's probably uh, probably the better fighter for sure. Yeah, so in, in 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 that realm, no, but yeah, circumstantially, absolutely. I just I got a feeling that Rosario is gonna he's stepping into something that now I'm not like I don't want to downplay what Julian Williams is as a fighter, but I think Jermel Charlo is all wrong for him. He's he leaves himself too fucking open, Ken. He's gonna eat some big right hands. It depends on how sturdy he is. I think look. Rosario to me is he's big, okay? Yeah, he is. And if he comes out and fights Jermel Charlo as aggressively as he fought Julian Williams with uh, I got nothing to lose fucking attitude, and he's not like worried about losing those, you know, he fights scared because he's worried about losing those belts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you know, because I don't think that he can win a close decision on the cards. I think that this is the the Charlo brothers event, okay? So well, we saw we saw one of them lose it to Tony Harrison, so it's possible. We but. did, we did. Um, I, I'll be completely honest with you, Vince. I'm picking Jason Rosario to win this fight. Are you really? Yeah. Wow. I I, I think that there is something about the Charlos' anger slash arrogance to them that is always and and on top of the fact that they're I think they're limited fighters. I think that they're elite in what they do. I don't think they're. Like, they're not dynamic fighters. Right. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are your classic Andre Durrell 1-2 fighters. You know, they're, they're, they're upright, they're athletic, they're powerful, they look for their shot, you know, typically coming off of a counter. They're, right. they're straight punchers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, to me, I think Rosario is big enough, strong enough. I think he's got the power. I think that if he can just say, look, look. if he can get beyond, and maybe having no crowd there will be helpful for him. Maybe he'll be calm, collected, cool. I just think he's going to fight with nothing to lose, and I, I, I still have this lingering doubt that the Charlos are just limited enough in what they do that a guy like Rosario can, uh, can win this thing. Wow. Hey, if, if you're feeling that, I'd put some fucking money on it. Cause I think I'm going you, to. I, yeah, I think you get some good. I, you, you think he's going to stop him? Uh, potentially. Yeah, Yeah. potentially. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think if he comes in good enough, look, man, to me, fighters like the Charlos, and this is what makes both of these opponents, not just who they are, but can the Charlos in the way that they fight, 
can they keep up with the volume of their opponents? Yeah, yeah. And, and the way Rosario came out in that Williams fight, I mean, that was that was guns blazing. Big shots coming forward, no fear of getting hit at all. But you're not facing Julian Williams, so that 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 prospect of fighting in that style against Jermel Jer- Charlo is is a lot different because you're going to catch bigger punches. I don't. I'm not really sure what kind of chin or how sturdy Jason Rosario is. I believe he did get stopped or dropped by Gauche, or I may be wrong there, but I'm I'm almost positive that he's been stopped once before in his career. So it's I I think it's a it has the potential. This this fight really has the potential to be one fucking hell of a fight, like a fucking barn burner of it, a fight. It was Gallimore that stopped him. Nathaniel Gallimore. Thank you. Yeah. So I mean the the potential's there. And and I I don't know. To me, I think he's another one of these guys that very good fighter. Not, like just like Julius Ndongo, he's a decent fighter. I, I just think that this is a a class above. And I think Jermel Charlo again. I I think I know this sounds ridiculous because it's like hack shit to be picking knockouts in every fight. But I I, I think <laughs> it is it is when you're fucking pick knockouts and all the time you're a hack. <laughs> It's, shit's going to go the distance, but I honestly think both Charlos get stoppages. Wow. Yeah. Uh, complete opposite, buddy. What? One of us is going to make some money. <laughs> yes. Right? I'll definitely be vet, be betting the props we, on that one. We just got to get out of uh, uh, NFL Sunday today. <laughs> I, I don't know? think I'm going to. I'm laying money on the birds, baby. <laughs> going down in flames. Well, then, I'll, hey, then that means I'm putting money on the Rams. <laughs> I'll take. I'll I'll take. Was it plus one or or are they favored? By, uh, no, they were. Are uh, they plus two? Plus two. Yeah, I'd take the points, but I ain't going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give them. All right. Um, all right. Also, Vin, look, we you know we set all the other guys that are um, uh, in action on this card. All of their we don't need to go into depth with all those fights. They're all decent fights. Some of them mismatches. Some of them okay. Some of them should be entertaining. Enjoy, get, enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Get your money's worth. Right. Okay. Watch them. It'll be fun. Um, all right. Also from Munich, Germany, on the zone. It's Uniel. Dortikos versus Marius Bradis for the IBF cruiserweight title. Um, man, is it something about the about Usyk and the life of the party being gone? Yeah, I just really you know, like I mean, like a light one out on uh, on the cruiserweight division. The WBSS has been on hold for a year, Ken. It's finally going to happen. What a horrible, horrible decision to run back the cruiserweight division like, really, in general. It, I, I just don't think there's anything else to do with these guys. Like they. Yeah, they can fight in their hometown against anybody, but they can't go anywhere else and fight. Fighting for a tournament to see who's second place. <laughs> wow, this yeah. this fight's just been dragged on for so long. I just don't even fucking care anymore. Honestly, I'm gonna watch it because yeah. I'm gonna get my fucking money's worth from the zone. I'm gonna <laughs> squeeze it out of them some, sometime. Because be honest, I mean, you know, uh, six seven years ago, this fight would have been a twenty dollar pay per view. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, you're probably right because that was the only way we 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 ever were able to watch fights you'd, in Germany or you'd be or, watching or it Russia. On the fight TV app, exactly. Um, look, I, I'm going to watch this fight because who knows when DAZN's going to have another one? <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous, dude. Ridic- uh, just one guy and one dispute holding up the whole show. I, I just think it's so hilarious to me the way that that Eddie Hearn has just presented this entire. 
you know, product or whatever. You know what I mean? He's just like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Eddie. We get another Dillian White fight and more of your backyard fetish fights that you think everybody likes. <laughs> you know? Uh, just, I mean, I feel fucking terrible for any U.S. fighter that's signed with Eddie Hearn. Hey, you got what you yeah. you got what you paid for. You know what? I don't think Danny Jacobs minds though. This is kind of par for the course for him, <laughs> right? Probably. Probably, so good. this is perfect, man. Hey, are you? you we in quarantine, fight? man. I ain't fighting. Yeah, I'm good. Oh, dude, he's a cancer survivor. He's That's probably right. he's probably like fuck it. <laughs> you know, sorry, sorry, Danny, you got legit uh, legit concerns on that. Um, all right, so uh, look, it'll be an action packed fight. I yeah. think I think Bradus is by far the better fighter in this fight. The issue is, is Dortico's is long and he's got lead in both hands. Yeah, um, but I think Bradus wins this fight. I think, yeah. I, dude, I just think he's a better fighter. Bradus is going to get on the inside and do his work. That's yeah. where he works best. Uh, I, I would expect him to win this pretty handily. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the superior fighter. Um, all right, let's get to some news and notes, and then let's get out of here um, for week two of the NFL. Uh, Terrence Crawford versus Kell Brook. Nego- <laughs> negotiations are intensifying. Oh, wow. Whoop-de-doo, Ken. You excited for the next uh, chapter of Terrence Crawford's career? No. Wasted career? Jesus Christ, is this getting just... I mean, this is... At, at, at this point, it's like, wh- how do you keep him on a pound-for-pound list? How, how do you... How do you continue to give a fuck? This is like a Randy Travis song called Digging Up Bones. Yeah. You know, digging up bones, I'm digging up bones. (laughs) (laughs) Not too many boxing fans going to get that reference there, country boy. (laughs) Oh, they just got it with with that great, great musical (laughs) display. Um, They just, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Just, it's just so bad. And we, we, we saw it like... Don't be mad now, because we saw it coming fucking six months ago. Like this, they dangled this carrot a while ago, and I don't understand how they didn't hear the immediate backlash from all boxing fans. But only in boxing do they go, "Eh, let's push through it. Let's get it signed." Oh man, it'll sell in the UK, guys. Don't worry. I loved what Dana White had to say about boxing, about the way that they're handling everything in the and like like during the pandemic. He's like. He's like, well, I mean, this is what you fucking stupid motherfuckers get for, you know, acting like, uh, you know, like, like it's your going out of business fight. Like you're yeah. like, like every fight, every, your next fight is your next going out of business fight. You know, it's like, it's like that furniture store in Frederick. That's always, <laughs> it's always got a going out of business sale. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think Bob and Al hoarded all the money and Oscar. You know, they hoarded all the money in boxing. Yeah. And now they don't, you know. This is what happens when you pay yourself huge dividends and you give yourself fucking mi- massive bonuses. It's funny how you, you know? can, it's funny how like you can parallel the start of the PBC and the start of the zone like pretty equally as far as came out the gates like fucking just making it rain. And then after a year or so they're like, "Hold on, man. Hit the, hit the fucking brakes a little bit here." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um yeah, man, I I love Terrence Crawford as a fighter. He's my favorite fighter to watch. There's no question about that. But man, I I, I hate the fact that one of my favorite fighters in the world that I'm I'm getting sour on his career. I yeah. hate I hate to hang my how ha- can you not? Well, I hate to hang my hat on like the cliche stuff. You know, like 
Legendary careers, epic trilogies, going to war in the ring every time. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and I hate to be so like romantic about it, but there's still a little kid in me that wants fucking like epic fights and the best to fight the best. And you know, so many people become complacent with getting these kind of fights. But here's the problem: Terrence Crawford has come off. Equally as complacent, like he's living good, and that's great. But gosh, it sucks when you've been consumed by like the Danny Garcia, like I don't give a fuck mentality. Like boxing's just something I do. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. the worst. Well, that's I mean, that's fucking Gary Russell right there. Apathy, baby. Yeah, I mean, apathy. When you're making three to five mil, fights a fight, baby. Trying to trying to cash a check. I don't know how many he's got. Like seven kids, doesn't he? Yeah, but he lives well within his means. It's not like he's living in some massive mansion somewhere. I think he just lives in the suburbs. I, I mean, I, I get it. Like, even me as a as an employee in my job, like, if you're going to give me a ton of money and I know it's going to be easier or or a tougher challenge to make the same money, yeah, I'm going to take the easy shit. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I'm looking for that opportunity on Indeed.com every day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't begrudge the man, but... No. I do as a boxing fan. I get it. I get what what's going on here, but come on, man. I mean, we can't, like, Kell Brook hasn't fought at welterweight for how long? Three years? Yeah, sucking down a shot fighter. I'm, I, I don't it's know. It's going to be a devastating knockout. You think so? Oh, I think it's a really. I think it's. I think it's, a, I think it's a really good fight for six rounds, and then I think Crawford stops him emphatically. You would think that the sucking down and weight is going to come back to haunt Kell Brook late He's in the fight. Gotten his face broken twice. But just think about it like this: if the fight, I think the fight has the capability of going the distance, and that will look so bad. I, I just don't think they take this fight if they don't know that Kell Brook is a shot fighter. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any question that he is, but I'm just saying the chance that he turns back the clock. Oh, if that happens, geez. And it goes the distance, and it's a 116-112, you're going to have some people going, Terrence who? Yeah, I mean, ever, there's a large... He's going to beat Errol Spence? <laughs> yeah, there's an apathy that surrounds him. Yeah. You know? Maybe. I'm just so tired. Like, I get... I, like, everybody wanted that Sean Porter fight, and I get it. That's a much better fucking fight. But at the end of the day, like, I'm so tired of these fucking placeholder fights until we, like, there's no question who the two best are at welterweight. There is no question. Why are two years later are we still waiting for the two best to fight? Now we're making excuses and arguing about placeholder fights when we should really be pissed that those two haven't already fucking fought. Yeah. Danny Garcia and Kell Brook can go fight over here. Yeah, that's a much better fight. Way, way more competitive. <laughs> um, who's Devin Haney fighting? Because he still hasn't shut up yet. Uh, I mean, he is... The ghost of Gamboa, baby. The ghost of Gamboa or the ghost of Gurry? <laughs> he ain't fighting Gurry. Hey, y'all seen Gurry? Where Gurry at? Gurry. Gurry capping on everybody, Ken. Gurry. Curry ain't fighting this year. Oh, he already fought this year. He are, <laughs> we were there. Yeah, we. Everybody should know better. Man, it's it, it's honestly. Look, man. You know, some people can say that the. You know, it's like it's like the groundhog seeing his shadow. You know, <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil, <laughs> Nallentown, PA. Nonetheless, <laughs> exactly. Very close to Punxsutawney. I, look, dude. Ah, that that whole Devin Haney and, and and Gary Russell shit. Like, I I almost wonder. Like, was that a plant? Like, was that even real? 
I don't think Gary would allow himself to come off like look, that's what yeah that he did. I'm that, gonna let you maybe look like a piece of shit. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't handle my own public relations. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of made myself look like a bitch. <laughs> I mean to to make like to say you want to fight them, offer you good money, and to say all right, we want some options on you after the fight, and then say. I'm cool with to just take the options away, and they send the offer without the options, and you go silent and then back out of it. Yeah, nah. <laughs> to, to, something don't smell right here. Uh, uh, I can't do it. Yeah, Gary, you're being plucked by a much larger fighter. See, this is what people don't realize about Gary Russell Jr. He's a fucking small featherweight with really short arms. Yeah. He stands a 0% chance of beating Devin Haney at 135 pounds. Well, I mean, he started calling out Terrence Crawford, so... <laughs> Does anybody believe anything that Gurry talks about? You cannot. Gurry probably doesn't even know who those people are. Gurry's <laughs> like, I don't even watch boxing. I don't even like boxing. He said it before plenty of times. <laughs> who Terrence Crawford play for? <laughs> <laughs> right? Ah, I mean, dude, that's it's exactly what Gary Russell is as a fighter. It's fucking ridiculous. So who's Devin Haney going to fight? Gamboa? Yeah, he's going to fight Gamboa. And, like, anybody needs to see that fight. I mean, Devin Haney is huge at 135 and bursting at the seams. Is he really going to fight on November 7th? He keeps saying November 7th. He's got that date locked in. I'm sure. I mean, that's how we're, we're seeing fights announced, like, three weeks before they happen now. Like, they're becoming official. I guarantee you there's no juicing going on. <laughs> <laughs> anywhere that's not suspicious at all vada showing up at them doorsteps ken don't you worry yeah charlo's uh, one of the charlos put, uh, sent a picture out of not not too long ago i would imagine the charlo brothers will look in fine shape for their fights this weekend how dare you make implications like i'm not that. implying anything <laughs> if, 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 if the man looks good the man looks good then just bread and water ken bread and water bread and water Indeed. All right, let's get out of here. Let's do it, brother. Short and sweet. It was a sprint, but we are back. It's episode 288 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. You can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, theboxingrant.com. Subscribe, review. We appreciate all of you uh, standing by while we went on a bit of a vacation, but we're coming into the sprint um, as long as everybody stays COVID-free. we got some big fights coming up on the schedule. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. And again, drop by the boxing rant.com. All right, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 288 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My, my defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.